Welcome to the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Before we get into the movie, we want to take a second of your time to talk about where you can find us online. You can find us on Twitter, which is the BHO underscore podcast. Also on Instagram, which is the Baron's Hideout underscore podcast. Where can they find you, Aaron? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at double AA row. You can find all these links and more on our link tree. Lastly, if you want to support us and a small business, Twisted Allure, you can use our code BHO podcast for 5% off. Come listen if you dare. I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. And this week, uh, we don't have a guest, but we're covering a movie that we probably should have done very early on, but I'm kind of happy that we did it now, uh, especially during the time that we're doing it, because we're doing a lot of, you know, well-known stuff, and this is definitely a well-known film. Mm -hmm. Some people really love it. Some people really hate it. And to quote Stephen King, fuck Stanley Kubrick. Now, that's not my view on the film but there are some things that do um kind of grind my gears but i just really like that that quote because um after this movie was made stephen king went and actually did his own version with mick garris and made the tv miniseries which i was trying to find i really wanted to watch it before we did this review because i've never seen it and it's not on streaming it's very rare to find a DVD copy of it. Um, I couldn't find anything on YouTube. Someone like uploaded, I think, the second part. That's like an hour and a half long. But it was like shit quality, and I didn't want to jump into something, you know, way through. Um, and this is a very long movie, but uh, just kind of judging on how long the second part of the miniseries was... Is, it was much longer. It was a two-parter. They were both an hour and a half. Then it would have, like, outdid this movie by, like, a half hour, I think. Hmm. Which is nuts. Now, is the miniseries telling the same story, or...? Yeah, it's oh. actually book. Like, it's from it's from book to screen. Well, this movie was, you know, book to somewhat screen, because Stephen King didn't really have any um, um, play in writing the screenplay. Uh, I think you could probably pull it up on IDB. I know Stanley Kubrick um, was one of the writers, but there was another writer, and I don't remember. Um, was it like Diane something? Diane Johnson. Diane Johnson, yeah. Yep. So Stephen King wasn't really, you know, um, really associated with this project, other than like kind of giving him the okay to do it, because obviously it's off of his material. Um, and this is uh, around the same time, I think... Uh, Carrie, I think, what um, came out, or maybe a couple years after Carrie came out. But um, yeah, I I really do in, enjoy this movie. Um, there's a couple of gripes we'll get into later on after watching it last night for like the tenth time uh, that I never really picked up on until really sitting down as a reviewer or you know podcaster. 
Um, I feel like it's one of those movies, too, though. Like, every time you watch it, you notice little things each time, you know? For sure. Especially, like, you know you know as you know a reviewer now you know you see it differently yeah and you know really picking the, the brains of the movies and going behind the scenes instead of just sitting as a casual viewer but like oh yeah that was cool um it's definitely different and that's kind of why i really like doing this quote-unquote job mm-hmm. is getting different perspectives um from all the community and even from yourself and be like wow i never picked up on that before and sometimes it can be really good and sometimes it can be really bad um but yeah i i I do enjoy this movie but um aaron to kick it over to you i know you've seen this movie quite a few times but um what's your thoughts on it before we jump into it just quick uh one two well as you know it's a long movie but there's a lot to it as well um but um i don't think i wouldn't say it's a slow movie Mm. Yes, but no. Um, uh, it when it picks up, it picks up kind of fast. Um, it's oh, I every time I watch it, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. But like, I still I love it at the same time. Mm-hmm. I just can't get over how much of a fucking dickhead Jack is. Yeah, and this is around a time I think when Jack was doing a lot of those like um, over eccentric, you know, um, roles. Like I think he was doing this was I think a couple years before. Well, maybe not a couple, but, like, within the next, like, five or six years, I think, is when he was doing Batman. He was doing a Joker, oh, I, th- yeah. I think. Um, and then he was doing other, like, you know, offshoot um, horror stuff that was, like, very, very, like, B-movie-esque stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is just around the time where I think he was starting to gain popularity in film. Because um, I think he started acting in late 50s early 60s i want to say yeah um and he i think he did some stuff for um crap he did it with um shit Mm. i can't think of his name right now boris boris karloff he did some stuff with boris karloff oh okay so he he did a, a film with him and then they made another film out of the set that they were doing that was like super shit i wish i remember the name of the um the movie but you can go watch it i think it's actually i think they made it public domain so you can actually go watch it if you wanted to on youtube for free but yeah he was doing a lot of weird stuff so i think this is like his first like real big role in doing something that would like really show off what he can do and how he can kind of just go from somebody who i wouldn't say is happy yeah but is like there as a person and then being completely disconnected yeah and completely turned by whatever the fuck happens throughout this whole movie and we'll get into it but yeah i love it because of jackson Nicholson and like i've never read the book so i can't like compare the two Um, not bad i've heard though that like i said like we were just just talking about this people have some gripes with you know the way it was adapted and i did um kind of spoiled the ending of the book myself to see you know kind of compare it but um nothing wrong with that but as a horror movie alone like you know book aside i think it's i think it's pretty great though i mean it could could be a little shorter i think but yeah it's like what two hours two and a half hours hours just about actually i think it was two and a uh, two hours and 23 minutes to be exact or something like that but yeah. yeah something weird um but yeah it's it's a great film um i've seen this multiple times uh i remember seeing this somewhat young uh not super young this i definitely saw it like 
maybe around the same time I accidentally saw I Spit in Your Grave when I was like 13 or 14. Um, but I saw this with my mom and my, my stepfather. It was kind of like a, a family thing because it was on it was on TV all the time. Yeah. You know, this is one of those films that was like always on TV. Um, not even just around Halloween time, just like casually on like AMC or um, TNT sometimes. Uh, just popped up. So we were just like, oh, let's just throw this on. So like, we'll just kill some time. But I think the TV version, I think, was shortened to like maybe like an hour and fifteen minutes. I think. Yeah. But I could be wrong. This is like such a long fucking time ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jack Nicholson is great. Um, Chili Duvall is great, which I know a lot of people would know her from, you know, Popeye when she did that with Robin Williams. Um, I always forget the boy's name who plays Danny because he does a really good job too. He does. Um, I always like to point that out with like, you know, um, child actors and how they can kind of just sell the roles, even though. Um, they're not as experienced, obviously, as like older people, and they have to, you know, play roles a little bit differently. But yeah, he does—he does a great job. Everybody in this film does a great job. Uh, I think Stanley Kubrick just put too much of the Kubrick spin on it. Uh, but it's a great film. But Aaron, if you want to um, run into anything you got on IMDb over there, any cool facts or whatnot, go right ahead. Well, so, for the scene, the infamous uh, scene of the door breaking down, mm-hmm. apparently the prop door was too weak for Jack Nicholson, because he, he had been a volunteer firefighter, um, so they had to end up building a stronger door. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's actually... He's a big dude anyway, though. There's a fun fact about that, actually, that the whole um, scene of her in the bathroom... Mm-hmm. They, I don't think she knew from what I read and the uh, footage that was shown is that she didn't really know what was really going on, and he was really hitting that door hard as fuck with her screaming. Those are real screams, like her See, I like love when being they do stuff like that during filming because you get that authentic. Like, yeah, like she because she was getting Danny, you know, putting Danny out the window, and then she goes over to the wall. So she was probably thinking that maybe he was just gonna yell. But Stanley and um, the rest of the crew, I think, kind of just kept it a secret and be like, okay. Go fucking slam that door now. Break it down, but make sure Shelly's against the wall. So um, there was obviously communication from both sides, like saying you need to stay there. Something is about to happen, and like those screams. And after watching it last night, and like really thinking of that, I'm like, wow, this is a very powerful scene. Right? Holy fuck. (laughs) Let's see. Um. Jack Nicholson and uh, Shelley Duvall have expressed open resentment against the reception of this film, uh, feeling that critics and audiences credited Stanley Kubrick solely for the film's success without considering the efforts of the actors, crew, or the strength of Stephen King's underlying material. Nicholson and Duvall had said that the film was one of the hardest of their careers. In fact, Nicholson considered considers Duvall's performance the most difficult role he's ever seen an actress take on. Uh, Duval also considers the performance the hardest of her life, which I mean that is <laughs> considering, considering how much her character takes on and, yeah. and just like how much that role must be, you know. And like even other roles that she's done, I haven't really seen a lot of her work, but it's very been like kind of lighthearted, um, not really comedy, but a little bit of like drama, um, stuff like that. Nothing so like blown up to where she has to from a split second go from being okay to completely breaking down. Yeah. And you see it and like she sells everything. I 
I love Jack, but Shelly, I really think, fucking steals a show on oh, this yeah. for me. And obviously, Dan is really good, too. But she's like the main protagonist, though. You yeah. Know? And she, so, like, she, she really does. Like, she's the protector, man. Yeah. You know, it's uh, and she does everything she possibly can as a mother. And she was doing uh-huh. all the great, like the good and great things to do as a mother, especially having an unhinged father. Yeah. Who in the past has done things um, due to drinking and stuff like yep. that. Um, I mean, and talking like horror logic too. She almost did everything right too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she locked the door. Um, she she trapped. She fucking knocked him down the stairs. Bonked him on him the up. head. <laughs> yeah. Had the ghost not been there to fucking you know let him out, she would have yeah. been good. I mean, she was good anyway, as far as we know. But yeah, but yeah, um, she was. I don't think she was ever really harmed in this, was she? Um, I don't think she was ever hit. I think she got close, but I don't think she ever was actually hit. No. Um, Danny, though, definitely has been through the ringer a little bit. Oh, yeah. To get Jack Nicholson in the right agitated mood, he was fed only cheese sandwiches for two weeks. Which oh, man. <laughs> Way to fucking, like, get someone on the brink of breaking. Wow. He's not someone you want to be on the... Uh, um, um, you know, his angry side, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Receiving in the... it's... Throwing the tennis ball inside the hotel was Jack Nicholson's idea. The script originally only specified that Jack is not working. You know, I was kind of thinking about that scene, too. Like, isn't he damaging the walls? Yeah, right? I was kind of like, waiting for somebody to come out and just, yeah, hey, what are you doing? It's like, but he's throwing like... that thing fucking hard, too, you know? Right. Shelley Duvall suffered from nervous exhaustion throughout filming, including physical illness and hair loss. Damn. Yeah, that's a stressful fucking gig, dude. <laughs> wow. All right. All you want right. to pull up um some Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. All right. Oh, that was off by one minute. Two hours, 22 minutes. Damn it. Fired. All Fired. right. So... The Shining is certified fresh, mm-hmm. which I'm not surprised. Um, and the critic score is 85. percent Okay, that's take pretty a whack good. At the audience score, 2,500. Uh, 200. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> so it's 93. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna be like, should I just should I just play? But no, I'm sorry. <laughs> 93 for audience. Okay. I, I think this is probably because a lot of people don't know that there was a miniseries mm-hmm. that was made that was more, um, you know, adapted to the book, considering Mick and Steve both wrote the screenplay together. Yeah. Um, and if, as anybody who doesn't know, Mick Garris has done a lot of stuff with Stephen King. He's done a lot of movies. He's done um, The Stand. He's done um, um, Silver Bullet. He's done um, Sleepwalkers. He's done so many things, like not just in like, the Stephen King realm, but everywhere. He is great. Listen to his podcast, Post Mortem with McGarris. It's great. He's had Stephen King on there. That's where I got that quote, the, the fuck Stanley Kubrick quote. Because um, they, they go into not like super depth of um, the film, but they do talk about it a little bit. Because, you know, you kind of can't talk to Stephen King without talking about Stanley Kubrick's version <laughs> of The Shining. Because he likes to bring that up. But it's great. Make sure you guys go check that one out. Um, uh, any bad reviews or anything over there? 
Um, so we got some critic reviews, um, mostly good. Uh, ne first negative one says Kubrick is a master of visual images, and many of the scenes display his brilliance. But much of the suspense ends in anticlimax, and Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall seem overextended in trying to maintain the terror. Which I could see that, but and the music. Yeah, the music is just so much. Yeah, well, I, was, I want to get but nothing. I want to get into that right now because Let's like it. it's it's really on my mind. Um, <laughs> before and then, it's funny that you mentioned it too because like I was thinking the same thing when I was watching. It. I'm like, damn, that's fucking loud. I'm like, yeah. So just nothing is happening. Obviously, everybody knows the iconic score that's like in the very beginning of the film, right? That's that's fine. It does come and go in certain spots of the film, but whenever, um. There's like nothing going on that is like, let's throw music. And we're gonna make it loud as fuck. So when other people are talking, you have to really pay attention to what they're saying because the music is so loud. And then the music is also trying to build all this tension when there's no tension. Yeah. And like, I've never realized that from all the other times that I have watched this movie until last night. This is the, the critic or reviewer or podcaster brain that I have gotten since doing the show <laughs> is you pick up on things like we were saying and that's definitely one of them that I was like picking up on was like why is there music right here going on for so long and there's not really much going on like I'd be loud like from bones and drums and well, you violins. Get that, like, um, like, I'm not sure what the proper term for it is when you get that like screeching on the, that the, <laughs> oh, the, the stingers yes, and stuff yeah. so yeah they'll be doing that while it's like focusing on like an image or just somebody's face for like a long period of time and it's just like we don't need that <laughs> we, we could have done with less of that and more of something else you know mm -hmm. um music's good in, in films it obviously helps direct you into how you're supposed to feel how you're supposed to feel yeah but there's definitely points in this film where i feel like it's trying to make me feel uneased when what's going on is not an uneasy thing that's yeah. going on you know but that's that's like one of my main gripes with this film um I think other than that, unless there's any other stuff over on Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, Aaron, we could probably jump right into this. Yeah, there's nothing too crazy on there, so... All right, and uh, we're okay. going to have you uh, start today? Yeah. All right, so we're going to be doing... I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970? I hired a man named Charles Grady as the winter caretaker. And from what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> that's right. Mom, they really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter. Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. The only thing that can get a bit trying up here during the winter is a uh, tremendous sense of isolation. Is there something bad here? I fear you will have to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. I do that. I killed you with Danny. You did this to me. Didn't you? I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Here's Johnny. 
It's a great film. Please go watch it if you haven't. Alrighty. So, we start off and we meet uh, Jack Torrance, who is a writer, but who's also an alcoholic. Um, and he's interviewing for a job as caretaker for the Overlook Hotel after, you know, trying to, like, he's been sober at this point for a couple of, I think he says at 1.5 months. Yeah, um, four or five. Yeah, um, but, so he's trying to get his shit back together, and he's, he's but he's got a case of uh, writer's block, so he thinks this is a good opportunity to go and get some work done. Mm-hmm. So, um, excuse me. <laughs> um, but yeah, he... And he's also very like um, uh, hot-headed. <laughs> yeah, he he's got a temper. You can tell right off the bat, like once, um, like he's finding the interview with Mr. Olman and stuff. I mean, he's got, he's a little wacky and whatnot. But as soon as he's in the car with his family, he know immediately this guy is fucking annoyed. Where his family does not even want them there. Oh yeah, and it's. I'm just kind of painful to watch. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so he's interviewing for this like kind of. You look at this hotel and it's isolated. It's in the mountains mm-hmm. and um, it's creepy. But uh, but you can actually go visit that hotel. That would be cool to do. But uh, so the guy he that he's interviewing is um, you know, he tells him he's like, oh, you're gonna be stuck inside though. The most of the time you're here, and you know, be careful. You might get cabin fever. There's been an incident. There was an incident with the last caretaker. He chopped his family up. He went mad, and but fails to mention like the other shit that's going on. Yeah, I got a couple quotes here too. <laughs> um, I think Mr. Ullman says tremendous amount of isolation, and then um, uh, Jack, which is funny because. Jack Nicholson, Jack Torrance, where it's like he's already like playing himself, sort I of. Because um, his personal, uh, personality does come out at times. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in another one, he says uh, that Jack says, is, Five months of peace is just what I want with, a, with that stupid shit eating grin that he's got on, too. Mm-hmm. It's great. But it works so well for yeah. Jack Torrance's character because he's just got that like maniacal look. Yeah, and like Jack has always had those eyebrows too. That, <laughs> yes. like, stick up. And yep. like, I'm a fucking maniac. <laughs> you know. He looks like his eyebrows would like if he would he should have really bushy eyebrows that would just fucking fly. <laughs> for some reason I don't know. It's like bat wings. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> picturing it now. Oh man. <laughs> so um, but. Anyways, uh, he interviews, he gets the job, and we cut to at the, uh, back to his house where it's his um, wife, mm-hmm. Wendy, and his son, Danny. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, Danny, I believe, is talking to his imaginary friend, Tony. Um, and she, he's like asking him, he's like, oh, uh, do you think he's going to get the job? Do you think he's going to get the job? Am, am I getting ahead of myself? No, no, you, okay. no, you're right. right you're right on track. Um, because like I forgot. No, the, no, no, you're good. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but then he's like, then Tony, um, his friend tells him, oh, he already did. He's gonna ring your mother in a few minutes to let mm-hmm. her know the news. And sure enough, the phone rings, and when he answers the phone, it's Jack, and he's got the job. Yeah. So. And we get um the vision of blood. Oh yeah, and the twins. The twins. Come play with us, Danny. <laughs> Come play with us forever and ever. 
but so they're driving up to the hotel and um well before that too uh it's when danny has the 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 accident as well oh right right, right when the doctor has to come see him i mean it's something like really really minute but that's when we get the uh the conversation with the doctor and, and wendy's saying that jack um during one of his uh, binges with drinking and being upset, uh, Danny knocked over papers and right. pulled his arm and dislocated his shoulder. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's the reason why he's sober now. But, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all that's really going on at that point. But then, yeah, you can you can carry it away from it there from when they're going up. All right. But, yeah. So, that's the backstory on why he's sober mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, they arrive at the hotel and they meet head chef Dick Halloran. Uh, so, but he ends up, uh, he realizes that Danny has the shine. So, and that he can, you know, read minds or, you know, hear conversations and communicate with other telepath people. But... I've always loved that idea of like there are people in the world that are like that. They're not necessarily like, you know, um, psychics or anything like that. Yeah. They just have this connection with one another through some sort of like strain. And I really want to push this on people. If you want to go even further in depth with the whole shine thing obviously read dr sleep and watch the movie I, I love the book and i love the movie but read all of the dark tower books because there's a lot more to stephen king's books and movies than you think and they're all intertwined in the dark tower series hmm. everything is part of a universe or different realms like pennywise is in it if you haven't seen the dark tower um movie they made one which kind of already shows a lot of the stuff when they go into you know the world of the the dark tower and we meet the gunslinger and all that stuff he's walking and he has his horse and he goes by a um it's like a carnival, like um, uh, I know what you mean. Oh. wagon, yeah, and, yeah. and it, it has Pennywise the Dancing Clown on it. Oh, and he's going through all the stuff, and what it's really cool. Now I'm kind of going off a little bit right now, but I I love the series. I got to go and finish reading the books. I've read most of them, um, but there's a a tear in the um our world and their world and the man in black kind of um, uses it to his advantage and starts bringing things over and that's why like mm-hmm. every single like movie or book or even The Shining is part of it the shit that's happening in the Overlook is something that is represented from the other side mm-hmm. that is coming over to fuck with reality same with Pennywise that's why he's here um, like Maximum Overdrive was another one um Aries, another one. Everything is linked in that book series, and I want them to make more movies, but I don't think they're going to, unfortunately. Um, but it's it's really interesting to know that Stephen King has this kind of grand plan for all of his yeah. all of his books. That's, that's crazy. You know, it's 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 great. So I really do suggest go read all of them they're they're great they're great and you're going to be really surprised of like 
what you'll find in those books that you are familiar with already. Hmm. But um, go I'm on. Have to go do that now. Yes, there's there's like seven or eight books. Jeez. But they're really good. They're That's really good. <laughs> it is, but it's really good. It's very good. But um, anyways, uh, I think we're talking about Dick. Oh yeah. So Dick realizes that Danny um has the shine, and he talks to him in his head and he asks him if he wants some ice cream and i'll say you like lamb doc you like lamb no. um how did you know we call him doc what you just called him doc a second ago oh uh, sometimes uh, jack and i call him doc and then dick's like uh i don't remember i, I don't remember <laughs> he just looks like a doc he just looks What's like a doc <laughs> <laughs> i love it love it love it um so but then Excuse me. And then he tells him um, all about this gift and um, refers to it as shining. Uh, that you know the communication that they have in like this telepathic conversation. Mm-hmm. So he um, tells him all about the hotel, um, but kind of mentions that something had happened, but like without getting into detail. Just... It's just like bits yeah. of things that are here, but. Um... Like they're here, but they're not here. They just left traces mm-hmm. of themselves, which is really <clears throat> kind of scary to think of. Like thinking of something like that around here, like a trace of something evil oh, or yeah. bad. <clears throat> I mean, I think he even says like sometimes they're not all bad, but there are good ones. But just like it's a scary thought, especially if you're in this place where something has happened and you're there for like five months, like they are. Yeah. It's very uneasy. Mm-hmm. And I love how he describes it as, as if someone burnt toast. <laughs> yeah, burnt toast. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That's a good one. Um, so, uh, he and uh, Danny asks him about uh, room num- room number 237, and he gets kind of defensive about it. Uh, he's like, that's none of your business. You have no business up there. You shouldn't even be up there. Don't worry about it. Nothing happened in there. Are you so. scared of 237? No. Why would I be afraid of that? Just stay away. <laughs> um, so, but he, he he knows he's like that shit went down though. He senses it and yeah, and it, plus the guy works there. Yeah, right. So, you know he's seen everything. Yeah. So um, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, so he um he tries to tell him that all these pictures, these flashes that he's seeing, he's like they're just like pictures in a book. Mm-hmm. Um. And that they can't hurt him, and, you know, nothing's real, and he's just imagining it, basically. Some things are from the past, some things are from now, and some things are from the future. So, he sees everything. That's a lot to take on, especially when you're a kid, knowing what the fuck is going on at all. Um, And hearing this from somebody you've never known. And then realizing, wow, so I do have a gift. I don't like this gift. (laughs) Yeah, right? Take it back. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Jack, though, is starting to unwind a little bit um, Mm -hmm. in his brain. Mm -hmm. Um, But once once everybody, you know, uh, Dick leaves and everything, uh, he starts to experience his writer's block. He isn't sleeping. He's pissed off all Mm -hmm. the time. And... Danny starts having more visions of the two twins of the girls. Um, they pop up a lot throughout this movie before do. you like actually like know who they are in the story. Yeah, yeah. 
with the Grady girls, um, but he doesn't say anything to anybody. He just keeps it to himself, even though he's, like, fucking scared shitless every time it happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what are you going to say? You're you're a kid. You yeah. already have an imaginary friend, and, like, your parents are kind of like, well, your mom's like, oh, that's fine. It's just a friend. But your dad is like, he's afraid of his father. Uh, Clearly, yeah. every time he has to interact with him for anything, he's just he's like, afraid yeah, something's going to happen. So why bring that up when he's obviously just going to think that you're crazy? Yeah. Your mom was probably just going to say, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's just, you know, active imagination, you know, as they say. It's just, it's a lot. And I really do feel for Danny throughout this whole movie. Yeah, right. Especially, you know, when we get later on where Danny's just literally not even there anymore. <clears throat> yep. Um, um, I actually, I have a really good quote here that I like that Jack says, and it really kind of sums up just how messed up it all is. When Because everybody, you know, is kind of already uneasy. Wendy already said that she's like, at first I was really scared of this place. Danny already knows what's going on. And then Jack just says... I fell in love with it right away. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you just know that it's just, it's feeding off of whatever he has inside of him. And that's what's making things, I think, escalate more. It's because it, it's already feeding off of hatred. If I had mm-hmm. to think, whatever. So when he came in with like his, you know, yeah. that negative energy. Yeah, <laughs> the day one when he came in from that, when he came in for the interview, I think it already kind of sensed what they could thrive off and that's why you see throughout the movie more things start popping up it's because it's thriving off of what i think is his anger and sort of insanity that's like him his like brain just kind of not breaking down but like now it's like him his you know yeah sanity yeah you said just vanishing essentially yeah and just like everything else is kind of taking over and also Danny being there is kind of also I think like accelerating things yeah um, because he can really be there and really touch the things that he sees in his mind and it kind of comes to fruition because Jack starts to see things too obviously and then he's able to you know interact with them and then it takes a long time for Wendy to get there mm-hmm. because she's so level-headed and here on Earth and just focused about her, like, focusing on her family. But as soon as she starts breaking down yeah. more, the hotel starts to really come after her. And that's why you don't see her seeing things like we were saying, you know, like yeah. the fucking bear, dude, the dude in the suit. She doesn't see any of that stuff until, until the very end. Gets to her, yeah. Or, like, seeing the whole goddamn, like, hotel literally like a fucking tombstone with, like, there's, like, bones and shit everywhere. Yeah. She doesn't see any of that. And I think she really... I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but the the blood is what really sets it over the, the edge of her knowing that I'm Sometimes, fucking crazy yeah. or whatever's going on here is feeding off of whatever is going on and she knows and like Jack's anger yeah it's it's fucking crazy um and then I think we get it to the point where they're going through the maze right yeah yep so um uh Wendy and Danny it's um it's not snowing yet at this point uh so it's still nice so and they just they're they're settling in but they decide to go through uh, this giant maze that the Overlook Hotel has, and um, they end up playing a game, and you know they find their way through the maze. Yeah. And 
So Danny knows this maze. That keep that in mind later. <laughs> yep. Um, but <clears throat> the kid's fucking smart. Oh, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, right. He's smart as shit, man. So then, um, I think that's um, this is the part when he goes in and he's like looking for his fire truck and he goes up to Danny. I mean, uh, Jack and he's. Um, is that? This this is a long fucking movie. Let me see. Yeah, I have him. I can take it over for right now yeah. if you want, Aaron. So I have it. Um, this I like also the one thing I like is that they kind of give you a time frame of like what's going uh, on. Yeah, with the days. It's, it's Tuesday, so now we're on Tuesday, and um, Danny's was trekking around on his little trike a little bit, um, and then he stumbles across room two three seven, and then. Out of curiosity, he gets off of the bike and almost opens up the door, and then goes away. Um, and then uh, Jack is finally writing, as we can see. And then Wendy keeps stopping, and and then you can see him getting very annoyed, um, and obviously not wanting to be disturbed while doing it. Yeah, but you could be less of a fucking dickhead about it. I know, and, like, he starts, like, flipping out at her, and then he like, says... You just see her face, and just, you yeah. feel bad. It's like, she's just checking up on you, wants to, you know, have a connection with you. This is good bonding time. Obviously, she knows you're there to do the writing and also to take care of the hotel. This is the whole reason why you guys were doing it. But, um... I have a quote here after he was like kind of telling her to like fuck off. He says, "Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?" Yeah. And this like completely just throws and just like breaks her spirits and everything. And if you were to say that to somebody, would you feel bad? I would. Yeah. I would feel yeah. awful. I would immediately feel bad. Or if someone said that to you when you were just checking up on them, but like. Mm-hmm. But he had fuck no you remorse then. about it, too. He was just like, fuck you, get out of my face. So it's like, as I was saying before, you kind of already know that he was really annoyed with his family. Mm-hmm. I, Probably because he's sober, too, though. Yeah, I, I understand he's, that. He's girls, probably, you know, but... cold turkey and whatnot and not getting proper help. But that's not an excuse, though. It's not. You got to speak up and, and, and talk, you know? You can't just fucking do shit. Um, and then we get a... Uh, an iconic stare I put here that um, thing is snowing out and they're doing stuff and then Jax is sitting at the window oh, yeah, with yeah. the uh, the <laughs> blank stare and it's just all blue and, and dark on him knowing that shit's about to start like accelerating um, <clears throat> and they make a little bit more maintenance with Wendy walking around on Saturday of you know trying to get the phones up and running uh, and they're not working, so then she goes to use the radio that was in Mr. Ullman's room, and walkies up to the station and asking him about the phone lines and say, yeah, well, you know, they're down right now because of the storm and, and whatnot. The guy's really nice, you know, just making sure they're covering all the bases, and she's like, yeah, I guess that's about it, but then he says, you want to make sure, um, I think it'll be a good idea to keep your radio on at all times from now on kind of foreshadowing some shit that may or may not happen mm-hmm. um, and then we get I think another very iconic shot is when Danny starts to trike around more and we finally interact with the girls at the end of the hallway oh, yep. and they say Danny come play with us come play with us Danny 
forever and ever. And then he starts getting the flashes of them being brutally like killed in the hallway. And, and I feel just... like too in this movie, even before like you see it, you just know that scene. So yeah. like when you see him triking around, yeah. like is it where there's multiple like instances of them going around that you're just waiting for them to pop up <laughs> i do i think the sound design during the, the triking parts is very good that's good oh, yeah. suspense that's very good because the carpet and then and then you know the wood floor then the carpet then the wood floor then yep. the carpet then the wood floor just the plastic just, it's 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 great i think that is what i really love about this film out from the sound design um out of the music that is what sticks with me the most. Silence is the best. No, not even silence, but like, you know. Just a little thing. But natural sounds. Yeah, natural sounds of somebody just going around. (laughs) You know? Um, And now this is the fire fire truck. That's right. So now Wendy and um, Danny are in, I guess, like the main lobby, just kind of chilling, watching TV. I'm surprised the TVs are still working. Mm. Even though the phone lines are down, but maybe because it was a satellite, it must have been like a satellite dish back then, right? Maybe, yeah, I'm sure. Um, but it's it's snowing really bad now. You see like the outside shots of the snow in front of doors and like on the side of the buildings, which is pretty nuts. But um, yeah, he asks his mom, "Mom, can I go get my fire truck from the room?" And she's like, "I don't know if that's a good idea, Danny. Uh, your dad's sleeping right now, and I really don't want you to wake him. He just fell asleep." He's like, well, come on, mom. I'll be, I'll be quiet. I promise. I, I won't wake him. So she's like, oh, all right. As long as you come back, because I'm about to go make lunch. And he's like, okay, mom. But uh, Danny goes and you know opens up the door very softly and very quietly. He opens up, and then we get Jack just sitting in bed, <laughs> not even asleep, just sitting there. And then um, he says uh, to Jack. Daddy, I'm just gonna go grab my my fire truck. Is that okay? And he's like, "No, Danny, come here, come here." And then it, that's when you can see just how much Danny does not like his dad at all. His body language immediately is just, "I don't want to be here. I want to get my truck and go." Leave, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Danny starts asking questions and like, "Do you like it here?" And um, Danny says, uh, "I guess." And then Jack says. I want you to like it here. A very ominous and very, like, kind of crazy sounding. Mm-hmm. Like his voice right now is very, it's trying to be subtle and somber, but it's yeah. very creepy and eerie. You can tell, too, um, the way Danny, like, responds to him. Yeah. Because you hear the fear in his voice. He's just like, yeah, yeah. And even time, like, he's like, yes. Like, Danny. Jack's holding him, too, and his shoulders are, like, you know, mm-hmm. up he's to his head. And and yeah. He's just like, I don't want to be here. But then um, Danny asks Jack, um, are you going to kill Mummy and Daddy? I mean, are you going to kill um, Mummy and me? And um, he says, no. Why, why did you say that? And he was like, I don't know. I was just, was just wondering. And Jack's like, did your mom say that? He's like, no. No. He's like, okay. So then he kind of just goes and plays with his cars. Then we cut to Wednesday, where Danny is in the middle of the, um, I guess it's the lobby again. There's a lot of, like, shots of the lobby. Mm-hmm. And he's just playing with his cars, and a ball just rolls over. And then he looks up, and 237 
is right there. Open with a key. Whoa. Just open, like just in there. And what does Danny do? He yeah, goes in right there. On in. And um, it's uh, all downhill from here. This is when it starts picking up. This is maybe around the 50 to an hour mark, yeah. I want to say, is when it starts picking up. So it's kind of like a, a slow burn, sort of, up burn. until now. Um, there is definitely action that all the acting is, is great. The scenery is great. It really keeps you locked in until, like, you know, the music fucking just pops in randomly that kind of yeah, draws you out a little bit. Um, but sometimes it's really good, and they and they do a very good job of using the music. But, um, yeah, Danny goes in to the room, and then we cut to Wendy. Um, I guess she's checking the, the breakers or whatever is like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the switches and shit. I think those are the breakers. Uh, um, all the gauges and yeah. So she, you know, she's got her checkboard and whatnot, and then she just hears screams. She's like, "What the fuck?" And then runs over into where Jack is writing, and he's asleep, screaming, like, like something bad is really happening. And uh, Wendy wakes him up, and then Jack says. I dreamt that I killed you and Danny, which is funny because the day before, or two days before, Danny asked, are you going to kill Mummy and me? And he said no, and now he's dreaming it because, I, mm-hmm. like I said, I think the hotel kind of feeds off of the negativity and, like, the bad... Um, like, vibes. Yeah, and also, I think another reason why it's doing it is because earlier on, if you remember, um, Mr. Ullman said that... It, was built on an Indian oh, Indian yeah. burial ground. Never a good start. Uh, I mean, they don't really go too much into it, other than like you know, Wendy was like asking, "Oh, are these like all authentic, like you know, um, Indian um, artifacts and stuff?" And like, yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine this. Okay, hear me out. Uh, it's a little off topic, but it's okay. so you said in the Dark Tower. All these worlds come into one, like they all kind of like feed, uh, feed like into each other. Yeah. What if it's the same? Like this is a different like, say reality where it's the same Indian burial grounds that the pet cemetery was on, but instead of the hotel. I think the hotel is in. Is it in the book? I think, or is oh, like is a it? version of it, or something that's. Oh. Um, this, like this, it's just so many. Like, I think it's a version of the hotel or something like that. If I remember, someone can correct me in the comments or whatever. Let let me know if I'm just like saying shit here. But I think it's a version of the hotel that's in the dark tower, or like some sort of evil spirit that was put mm-hmm. there. Or it could have been Indian Indian burial ground. I don't really remember hmm. exactly. I'm gonna have to go and do a rabbit hole later and do some. There's definitely videos shit. on on YouTube that you can go and just like Google and they'll just let you know everything. There's yeah. uh, a few comic books that were made um, for the Dark Tower too that were pretty recent that were really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that also do a very good job of explaining things. But yeah, if you have downtime and you want to read something, read the Dark Tower series because it's great. I think it's Stephen King's best work and on it. And, all honesty um but yeah back to the shining uh they're kind of talking and we see danny from behind and a long view of them kind of talking from far away uh wendy's telling danny oh go go upstairs honey um daddy daddy's not feeling well right now I'll, i'll be up there but danny's just walking and you can kind of see his his shirt's ripped 
And his, like, collar is <clears throat> all pulled up. And... Yeah. And then um, Wendy starts walking up to Danny, because she's from far away. I guess you can't really see what's going on, which is understandable. It's kind of a big room. Um, then she walks up to him and sees that his neck is bruised. He's, like, sucking his thumb. and Yeah. And he's, like, diverted back to, like, a one-year-old, essentially. Like his, his mind is just cut off right now. And this is when Danny is no longer Danny is when it starts, starts you know, kind of going off. Um, <clears throat> but Wendy, you know, from previous events that have happened with Jack and Danny, she says to Jack, you did this, didn't you? You did this. And he's just sitting there. Uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't. He's like, no. Well, he says, like, after. No. No. <laughs> no. I didn't do it. <laughs> but she was thinking, because, you know, he just said, I dreamt that I killed you and Danny. So, obviously, her mind's going to think. Yeah. Um, that he hurt him. Yeah. So, it was like, you did this to him. No, no, I fucking didn't. And then this is also when Jack kind of goes down the rabbit hole, but... Aaron, I'll let you take it from here. This is uh, the bar scene. Oh. So, he's upset about her accusing him of uh, hurting um, hurting their son. Mm-hmm. So, he's kind of storming around, um, kicking, kicking the air, punching the air, and mumbling to himself. I mean, I would be too if I was falsely accused of something, I guess. <laughs> but, but, I mean, he kind of did it to himself from yeah. previously hurting Danny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's got a history, so... So, but he ends up finding himself in the gold ballroom, where he um, he decides to sit at an empty bar. He's looking around, and no bottles inside, nothing. It's just yeah. like a ghost town in there. Yeah, because I said before that they take all the liquor off of the, um, I guess the the site for something for money. I think that the lowers the cost or something like that. So yeah, yeah. there's no liquor or anything at all. In, in the hotel. Yeah. So, um, he's, uh, he's sitting at the bar and he's just talking to himself. He's like, oh, I would give my soul, sell my soul for a glass of beer right now. Yeah. He looks. I thought I quoted that, but I guess not. Go ahead. Oh, um, so. Oh, yeah, I did. So he says, I'd do anything for a drink, even my soul, just a goddamn beer. Yeah. Um, so then he, uh, he looks up and he sees it as a bartender. The shit-eating grin he's got there. I know, he just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Hi, Lloyd. Fuck? <laughs> a little slow tonight, isn't it? I don't know, just so casually. But, like, um, nothing is wrong, just like... Yeah, right. Um, then suddenly there's a full bar stocked up and, um... But, uh, he orders, uh, scotch... And he's like, oh, here, listen, I got two 20s and two 10s in my wallet. Leave a bottle of scotch with a glass and some ice. Yeah. And I'll keep knocking them back. But, uh, so he pours him his drink, he takes a shot, and he's officially not sober or sane anymore. No. Like, this is the part where I think the hotel finally leached onto him. Because right now, all we see is Jack and Lloyd. Nobody else. Yep. Nothing. It's a slow build-up, but for Jack kind of feeding into whatever this entity is, or um, whatever this hotel is, really, Yeah. Um, is where it starts really gaining more power um, 
from him and also Danny. Danny also kind of, you know, escalated things from going into the room mm-hmm. and seeing the lady who we are about to see very soon that uh, I know Aaron's going to get to. Um, but it's just really interesting to see how just little things like this start planting more seeds for more things to happen. Mm-hmm. And then you get really, you start to get kind of confused of like, when the time frame is, especially at the end, um, yeah. But it's it's great. I, I love the the slow build up of insanity that this fucking movie is. You know. Yeah. You just see like the downward spiral of mm-hmm. Jack. Yep. But um. So uh, yeah, he he drinks his whiskey and then um he he, he sorry. <laughs> But uh, he's talking to Lloyd. He's telling him, uh, you know, about what's going on with his life and all that. Um, and he's talking about the time he dislocated Danny's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, talking, talking shit about his wife. If she just, she already ruined my fucking life. She's not doing it anymore. And I hate how much he fucking blames her for women. Can't live with them. Can't, can't live, live without them. <laughs> and he's just like, you said it. Yeah. But um. So anyway. Um, yeah, so he talks about this injury, and, uh, um, but he's, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, so then immediately he decided to quit drinking, but then, um, you know, he was only sober for five months, and he broke his sobriety right then Mm -hmm. and there. But if you think about it, wouldn't the drink be not there, but then you also think that, oh, it is there because Danny was already able to tangibly touch something and get abused by something mm-hmm. so that's another thing that makes you think of like it, the hotel shows you um what it wants i guess well, and what yeah. what you're allowed to touch so it's like almost like a veil it, i guess yeah you know it's like a veil that lifts up at certain times when it wants you to be able to yeah and just take a little bit from you and then allow you to indulge in its monstrosity really yeah you know it this movie has a lot of shit to it and i know the book kind of goes um from what i remember like way more into detail of like what happens and obviously the miniseries does more than what this movie does Mm -hmm. um so if you can get a chance to at least watch the miniseries if you own it i'm jealous of you (laughs) um but if anybody knows a way for us to watch this please let me know because i want to watch the miniseries really badly but um so then Wendy enters and she's kind of panicking and with a fucking bat. Yeah, she's got her um baseball bat in hand and um she sees him at the bar sitting alone and mm-hmm. she she's begging him to you know like go check out um room 237 because Danny's claimed that he was attacked and got you know choked based by some crazy woman in the uh in there she's like we're not alone in here there and but then jack who's drunk or drunk out who will really yeah. know um you know he decides he's like oh i'll go check it out are you out of your fucking mind yeah is what he says at first yeah, yeah it's more of a jack response yeah. <laughs> are you out of your fucking mind oh i'm such an asshole um <laughs> Then so he goes to check out um, two three seven and he um, 
he goes into the room, and then you see Danny, who's in his own room, who's, it looks like he's having a seizure. He's kind of, like, just sitting up and, like, shaking and, um... Poor kid, man. Yeah. But then, um... And we cut to Dick, who's at his own house in Florida. Um, and then he he kind of picks up on something that uh, a message that Danny is sending. And yeah, his face is just like, uh, yeah, he's just not there. I also love how he's got like the pictures of the naked women on the wall. Oh, yeah. and, they, and they keep having to show those. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't got to. But <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, he he knows that something's deeply wrong. Yeah, so it's got that um, shine. The shine. Uh, but meanwhile, Jack, he's still he's heading towards two three seven. And oh wait, um yeah, and then he gets there. He goes into the room and it's empty. Um, then he ends up going looking into the bathroom where he sees a young woman taking a bath. She opens the curtain. She gets out. She's. All seductively, you know, kind of lures them in. Um, they embrace each other and start kissing. And <laughs> this twist. <laughs> um, so then he actually happens to glance over at the mirror and realizes she is actually a rotting corpse. Yeah, a zombified old lady. Yeah. <laughs> he looks up, he's a zombie. Yeah, the laugh that she does is mm-hmm. so good. Oh, it's terrifying. <laughs> oh, and he's like, oh, 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 I'm out of here, man. Yep. So he starts backing up. And he's, um, uh, he leaves the room, uh, shuts the door, locks it. Mm. Which that must have been the wife of Grady, right? If I, would I, if I had so, to yeah. think, that's what I've always thought. Yeah. It has to be. Because we already saw the girls. We saw the wife. We haven't seen Grady yet, but we're about to. Mm-hmm. So then he goes back to Wendy. He says that he didn't see anything. He's like, not a damn thing. He's yep. like, you're fucking crazy. Um, so. <sighs> Wendy. Uh, I gotta tell you. I think he did it to himself. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's not too far off from the accident that, that he pulled before oh, yeah. we came here. We got a little confrontation. Oh. He's doing that voice. He's got, oh, my God. And he's, like, asking her, he's like, um, what should we do with Danny? What should we do with Danny? She's like, I think we should take him to the doctor. And he's like, well, when should we do that? And she's like, as soon as possible. And he yeah. just starts getting fucking, like, ah. closer and, um... But uh, he starts getting like more and more like uh, like irritated and mm-hmm. um, blaming her for everything that's gone wrong with his life and you know just being a fucking dickhead as always. Um, yep, and uh, decides to fucking leave the room. Yep. Um, but uh, so oh, sorry, I don't know what's with this a little bit, and then um. He said he's a week. they can't leave the hotel. Um, and then they... And he signed a contract. Yeah, he signed a contract. You understand what I'm doing? But he's like, I need this and blah, 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 all that shit. Um, but so he storms out and he goes back to the gold room. This at the bar. <laughs> um, but mean, which... This time, it's full of people. There's a big party going on. Yeah, he like goes on the hallway. It's like, there's like balloons and shit. He's oh, like, yeah. huh? Oh, all right. Guess I'll keep going. Yeah, he just he doesn't even question it. But then he's too fucking far gone. <laughs> so, um, 
he goes to the party um and it's like it looks like it's like the 1920s are all <clears throat> definitely the early yeah um but he gets a drink from Lloyd and he's walking through all the crowd the people but then a butler um with a tray runs into him he spills a drink on his jacket and um he's like oh he insists on cleaning his jacket um so they go into the bathroom and it's it's like a brightly colored bathroom i guess some like argento dario argento like vibes yeah like the color family has always kind of been like that too he he i feel like he kind of like i don't really want to say that he's like the dario argento of like um up like english or like american cinema but um he definitely has kind of like almost a similar film style as dario yeah i will always pick dario over stanley you know i love a clockwork orange um but yeah i i see what you mean by that yeah um yeah so they're in the bathroom and <laughs> i was such a good quote here <laughs> let me know <laughs> that's uh, all the way he says everything <laughs> the butler introduced himself as delbert greedy Ooh, oh. the man himself and jack remembers the story that dick had told him yeah about so. a former caretaker by the name of greedy murdering his family so i got the quote here it's like yeah you were a caretaker here he's like i have i don't remember he says, you chopped your wife and daughters up into little bits and blew your brains out. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and he's like, uh, I, I don't, don't recall. recall. <laughs> no, I just love it. You chopped your wife and daughter up into little bits and blew your brains out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't recall, but you've always been the caretaker. Um, and Jack's confused by that, but um, he just goes with it. And um, he's like... Uh, he goes, he brings up Danny, he says he has a great talent, and he's using it to bring an outside party into the situation. And then this is where the movie says the N-word, like, three or four fucking times. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's an older movie, I, yeah. I, I guess we can give it a pass, even though we really shouldn't, but then again, it's just a movie. And then, I didn't think you could dislike Jack anymore, but then he's like, then when he mentions the fact that he's black, and he gets all in, he's like, yeah, we gotta get rid of this dude. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> You're racist too? I, I think, think that was added by Stanley, if I remember. I don't think Stephen wrote that stuff in the book. <laughs> Probably. But um, maybe he did. Traumatize it a bit. <laughs> maybe he did, I, I don't know. But... Um, so, and then he tells them that he needs to correct Danny and Wendy if she decides to get in the way. Correct, correct them. them. So, meanwhile, back in Florida, um, Dick has no trouble, uh, not trouble, he has trouble, sorry, um, getting in touch with the hotel and yep. calling, um, so... Um, but he, he's worried about Danny because of the, uh, like, cryptic message that he had sent through my, his mind and yep. he ends up getting the next flight to Colorado um but so we're back at the hotel and Wendy's got her baseball bat and she's going around looking for Jack um set on leaving taking Danny and leaving rather not Jack wants to or not yeah and um also I don't know if this was after before when we start getting the uh, the red rum yelling oh yeah yeah red rum yeah red rum and then um Wendy asks, Danny, Danny, and then uh, Tony, 
Danny's not here, Danny's Mrs. Not here. Torrance. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Danny, wake up! <laughs> Danny! Danny's checked out. Danny's <laughs> sleeping, Mrs. Torrance. Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. Um, yep, so... Um, yeah, she's got her baseball bat. She's ready to leave. Um, and she goes into the office or the lounge, wherever it is that Jack was writing, and finds a stack of papers typed on um, next to his typewriter. She decides to see what he's been writing about. Mm-hmm. And it's just hundreds of pages of one sentence, all typed in like different, like, um, different, slightly different, like, spelling. And like, it's kind of made like a book. Yeah. It's how it's like arranged, which is really cool. And I was thinking about this, like, oh, now how many people they had them just type this over and over <laughs> again. Right. Oh, you can God. see some typos in it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just pages and pages of um, one sentence. Uh, shit, I just All work and no yeah. play makes Jack a dull boy. Yep. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. But she realizes that he's fucking insane at this point. Literally. And um, he comes up behind her and he's like, how do you like it? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh crap. There was actually one quote I did want to put in when um Dick was on the phone. Oh, yeah. And it's when he has to convince the guy to get the snowcat and stuff. Oh, he's yeah. like, oh, why do you need it? He's like, well, you know, the people up there turned out to be unreliable. They turned out to be completely unreliable assholes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't even question. He's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it, man. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yep. So Jack comes up behind her. Um, he's like, "What do you do? You like it?" Um, she's she's obviously scared. She's startled by that. And um, yeah, this is, I think, her best moment of the whole film. Of just how you know scared she is, and how much she's trying to fight for Danny and herself, and also just how afraid she is of of Jack, and mm-hmm. really showing it. For the first time, because obviously she's already been kind of afraid of him. Yeah, but she was still like she still loved him and was still was trying to break through, do you know, get yeah. through the mold and kind of salvage whatever was left. But he's just he wasn't having it. He he's gone, and the hotel has changed him even more. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's like I said, it's kind of changed everybody who's been there. It's gotten Wendy to the point to where she can stand up for herself and you know be. The, the heroine of this story. Yeah. Um, and maybe it goes back to, like, do you know, remember when um, Dick was telling Danny about the hotel? He said some good things, some bad things. You yeah. Know what I mean, so, exactly. like, you know, she, be, she, you know, got, she kind of benefited out of it in certain ways, not yep. necessarily, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, Jack maybe may have been more vulnerable because he was so fucking, he, yeah. he was sober and depressed. I and, wonder if Dick knew at the time that this was going to happen or unless it had to have waited when he was in bed and he finally saw it. Maybe yeah. it, maybe some time needed to pass for him to kind of get that feeling. I don't know. Because hmm. Danny was the main reason why he was getting all that. So yeah. I guess he had to wait for Danny to get to a certain point of like, actually not it. being there anymore. You know? Uh, yeah. But, um... Yeah, so um, they end up in kind of an argument 
where he um he wants to know you know why uh what she's doing like why she wants to leave with danny and she's backing off maybe we should take him to a doctor yeah he's like what do you want to do with danny what should we do with him she's like i don't know what you mean she's fucking terrified backing up the stairs baseball bat in hand uh-huh. <laughs> She's also like, I'm very confused. Yeah. <laughs> that would be too. It's like, what's going on yeah. here? You know? And he's just like, like pushing, like cornering, cornering her and just asking her questions and, um, she's like, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. He goes, oh, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your fucking brains. Yeah, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. Right the fuck and then she's like ah! and then bonks him on the head and he goes falling down <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, oh I love it he's like oh yep. one breaks his ankle one little like whack to the head that was Uh-oh. a heavy hit too right um so then she drags um he's he's knocked out and she drags him into the pantry and locks him in there but he starts waking up as she's like struggling yeah. to unlock it uh, uh, and he sees what's going on but he can't really process he's like what are you doing what's going on and it almost seems like he's like Jack again at that point. You yeah, because I mean? he was like he was slightly out of it just enough until whatever was going on kind of got him again. Yeah. So maybe if she hit him just a little bit harder, knock some sense into him literally. He would have been okay, <laughs> you know. Oh, but um. So hey, I want to in mind just getting stuck in the pantry. But yeah, right. Food. I don't know. Do you see all that shit in there? Um, but she locks him in the um, pantry as he starts to wake up, and he uh, he's like, uh, she's like, I'm gonna go call the rangers. I'm gonna get the snowmobile. Or it's not snow. The snowcat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, oh, you got a surprise waiting for you when you go to check the radio on the snowcat. Um, and he had taken out all the fuses or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I love the other thing is like when he's trying to convince Wendy too outside the door. He's like, "Wendy, baby, I think you hurt my head real bad. Oh, yeah, he's like I'm busy. To... I think I need a doctor." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my god, just no. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel so bad for Wendy at this point because she's literally panicking. Goes to check out like the, the, the snow, the snow cat and stuff, and it's all fucking destroyed. Yep. Um, I could take it for a little bit for one, Aaron. Okay. <clears throat> So it's now 4 p.m. of the same day, and Jack was taking a nap, and then he gets woken up by a knock on the door, and it's Grady on the other side. We don't see Grady. We just hear his voice. So this is another thing of me kind of, like, thinking that the hotel is alive in some sort of way, Mm -hmm. that maybe these people that he's seeing aren't really there, but it's it's making it tangible like you know bringing the veil up yeah. or whatever and um kind of uh, grady's criticizing jack it's like well you're not able to do the duty like i i asked you to you can't finish this it's like no 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 g- g- give me one more chance and i can do it and um then he unlocks the door Uh-oh. and uh he he escapes and then dick is now on his way in a snowcat um then we cut to Wendy, who, you know, is promptly asleep, like she should be. I would be, too. would be exhausted. You know, in her mind, everything is okay right now. He's locked away. Nothing nothing can get him out or, or anything because she doesn't fully know what's going on. Um, but then as we get more of the red rum of Danny. Red rum. Red yelling rum. red rum. And he, he grabs the knife that 
uh, windy I'd grab, which is a huge fucking knife, by the way. Is this, can we talk? That's like a slicing knife, though. It's not going to yeah, have a pointy end. Yeah, it's a bread knife. <laughs> it's literally a, bre a bread knife. Um, you know, I thought at first Danny was using it to cut his hand to and write it. Great. Yeah. But he grabbed lipstick instead and, and, and writes the red rum. And he... Right now, it's Tony that's doing that. But as uh, he continues to keep saying red rum, he hears Dan's voice kind of come back, which this is very, I think, his best performance on this, but how he's able to control his voice oh, yeah. and kind of bring himself back to actual Danny, yeah. like being both like sides. Like switching between two characters. That's a, yeah. that's a very, very strong part of the movie. And no, Danny's now conscious and knows what's happening. Wendy wakes up, screams, and then she screams even more when she looks into the mirror and sees that the red rum on the door spells out murder, which is, I always thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and so, is this supposed to be like the ghost warning him to warn her, or not even, or just him, like, you know, the shine? You know, yeah, and him, something like that, on. because as soon as she sees that, Jack's fucking axing down the door. Yeah. And is it that door that he's axing down? No, it's the front door, yeah, right? Yeah, the entrance. So the front door, the uh, quote-unquote apartment that they call it. And he's axing down the door, and Wendy takes Danny to run into the bathroom. And as Jack you now knocks down the door, he goes, Wendy, I'm home. Like, go, go fuck yourself, man. Um, and then... Uh, Wendy opens up. There's like a little teeny tiny window in the bathroom where Danny is able to kind of sneak out. Because mm -hmm. he's small. But Wendy tries to do it. You know, she's really skinny. She's not like she able to. I fit through there, though. I, I think so, too. <laughs> I, I do. But um, this is the part that we were talking about earlier that was kind of like Shelly Duvall didn't really know what was really going to happen. Yeah. Um, From what I remember from the scenes and stuff that I have watched, I think there's also a documentary on this film. Um, I forget what the hell it's called. I think it's just called The Overlook or something like that. <clears throat> Where they go even more behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, he starts ja uh, hacking off the, the the door, and she has her knife. And uh, he opens it enough where we get the other uh, iconic scene, and quote, Here's Johnny! <laughs> Which, where's... Where the Johnny. fuck is Johnny coming from? So is he <laughs> maybe taking possession of somebody else that has done this before i never really thought of it too much but yeah. maybe all these things are going on is that he's reliving like experiences that happened yeah like everything else that's happening so this is why the hotel's like feeding him more and yeah, kind of manifesting through him yeah he's he is their puppet essentially you yeah. know doing the things that they can't do themselves because they're not really there <clears throat> Um, but just as he's about to fully knock down the door, they both hear the snow cat outside, and it's Dick. And they're like, huh? Dead silence. They're both listening. Yeah, so he, um, Jack walks away, leaves Wendy alone. Because Jack knows who it is because Grady told him who, who it was going to be. Yeah. Poor Dick, man. Um, he walks in just asking, like, hello? Anybody here? Anybody here? Um, but we see Jack, you know, kind of hiding. I mean, just follow Dick for a little bit. You you don't really know what's going to happen, but you know. Yeah. You know exactly what's going to happen. Oh. I think this is maybe... You uh, got I something? Just, I found something, yeah, as I was reading through this. Um, fact that here's Johnny. It was a reference to The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson in 62. Oh, so it wasn't an actual... Huh. I didn't know that. 
Okay, so that, I learned something. I was really hoping it was like a part of something else that happened yeah, right. <laughs> at the hotel. Though. I think it would have been even more interesting. But, but okay. That's, that's still just, pretty. That's funny, though. <laughs> I like it. But uh, yeah, Dix is walking around, and I think we get our first like jump scare of the film. Yeah. Of when Jack just comes out and freaking axes him right in the chest. Like, oh. dude. That he's down for the count immediately. Mm-hmm. And this is when you can see Jack is truly transcended into the what they face. wanted. Yeah. Because he's got the blood on him, and it's like, you did it. You did one of the things we asked you to do. Now he's all in. Now you are our puppet, literally. There's no going back. Nope. Um, and now is when we get the chase scene of, I believe, Danny and Jack. Um, they're out in the maze. At least, you know, Jack knows that he's in the maze. He turns on all the lights and starts running out. And then Wendy uh, is also like, oh, fuck, Danny. And then she's going and running around the whole hotel. And this is when she starts seeing things. So they're making her um, be aware of everything that's happening because it's already kind of escalated to the point where there's no return, really. Yeah, so they're like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> yep, so she's running around and then she sees... Um, two dudes in a, a bedroom like getting off or whatever the fuck they're doing in there <laughs> and then she runs down into like, the dining room area and just sees skeletons and just remains of a party cobwebs um, and then uh, the, the blood that she sees mm-hmm. and then that's when she runs out and this is when Danny starts acting really smart um uh, also, she finds Dick on the ground is another thing that uh, uh, kind of goes with all that, and she runs. Um, but Danny is running, and she he knows that Jack is behind um, behind him, and, she, and he hears him say, I'm right behind you, I'm going to get you, but then he realizes, fuck, I'm leaving footprints. Oh, so yes, the kid, kid. He, he runs to a certain point, and then starts walking backwards like he's like putting his feet into the steps that he he did so he can get to a point where he can just rub him off and then once jack gets confused he he waits for jack to go the opposite direction and then he falls his foot steps back out, out of the maze out of the maze which is awesome and there's no time that shit. <laughs> in this in this moment no i don't think i would either and this is when you kind of see Jack losing momentum. He's fucking freezing to death, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's barely wearing anything. He's using all of his He's energy. His broken ankle. Yeah. Um, so Danny makes it out. Wendy comes out. They got the snowcat. They get in the snowcat. <laughs> they, they leave, essentially. And then we kind of get ended with the iconic frozen scene of Jack just <laughs> like, I don't even know how you made that face he just looks so grumpy he's just he's like mm, they made it out <laughs> um, and then the actual final final scene is the zoom to the um, the pictures on the wall oh yeah and we see Jack there and it's of the 1921 July 4th party for some reason I always thought it was a New Year's party but yeah the July 4th um, ball 1921 and it's like what so uh, you kind of get confused with that I it's like you reincarnated or something like that from the through the hotel yeah it's so crazy he's like no wonder why he's you know part of the hotel yeah I guess that's maybe what happens he kind of gets sucked into 
whatever that was, maybe? And then, like, or maybe it's just, like, um, you know, him, uh, like, going fully insane and just, Does like, Does IMDb nothing... say anything about it? Let's see, actually. I need to uh, reread the book. Right before the end credits, the camera slowly zooms in on the wall in the hotel full of old photographs that um, chronicle the hotel's history. An old recording of midnight, the stars and you echoes in the empty hallway. In the center of one picture is a young Jack. The caption reads, Overlook Hotel, July 4th, Ball, 1921. Hmm. Let's see if I can find anything on the... um. Maybe? Yeah. We're going to do one quick dive on IMDb just to see. Where's Trippie? Oh. There we go. Just, I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, huh. I know it's a lot of trivia, so maybe, maybe not. I need to reread the book, or at least just the ending of it, to see um, what Stephen King's idea was for all this. But if I had to interpret it, it's just him being kind of sucked into that world, and then yeah, just now he's kind part of, of it, part yeah. of history. Um, <clears throat> but rating. If I had to rate this, um, the music parts kind of, you know, take a big detriment to me um, throughout this film. So I'm definitely going to knock it off a point for that. But I'm going to give it... Oh, man, this is tough. I don't want to go too low and I don't want to go too high. I'm going to give it like a 7.5. I don't know why I want to give it a 7.5. It just feels like a 7.5 movie to me. Mm Mm-hmm. After all the other st- other stuff that we have watched, um, obviously all the acting is great. Jack is amazing, but I, I honestly think Shelley kind of steals the whole show. Definitely. Um, Jack steals it, obviously at the final act. But um, yeah, seven point five blood splatters for me. What about you, Aaron? Um, so obviously this movie's a classic. Everybody knows the twins. Everybody knows, you know, come play with us. Um, but. You know, no movie again, as I always say, is not perfect. Um, this is no exception. Uh, it is an enjoyable movie. Um, and just going based off what I hear from comparisons from the book, you know, like I said, I can't really comment on it because I haven't read the book, but, you know, I've there's some differences I've heard. But yes. um, I, I've always I've seen this movie a handful of times and I've always enjoyed it. It is a little bit of a slow burn. I think it could be a little bit shorter, but honestly, though, I... It's it's you know situated itself in history of horror mm-hmm. you know I, but I think I don't think I would change anything obviously well maybe a little things but I, don't know, I like the score and yeah I don't know. definitely the music um, is something it, yeah I think you said seven point five I I'm gonna go a little bit high I'm gonna go seven point eight seven point eight wow yeah. we're going into decimals <laughs> wow all right um. Yeah, it's a very enjoyable movie. It, it I, is, but it's like I don't want to make yeah, it seem like I'm ragging on it too much. No, yeah, um, like I don't know. It's it's a good movie. It's you know, if you want to see Jack Nicholson, maybe not yeah. at his best, but definitely one of his best performances. Mm-hmm. Definitely watch this. Um, and if you like Stanley Kubrick, then you guys obviously are gonna love it. Yeah. Like I said, I love A Clockwork Orange. I, I love that film. Um, people consider it a horror movie. I kind of consider it a horror movie. Um, I think it's more of a um, psychological kind of. Well, maybe not psychological, <laughs> but more like a thriller. Um, it's good. It's very unsettling. Some of the music that they use in that. Mm-hmm. See, A Clockwork Orange. It uses music beautifully. 
every time it has something in it, it's beautiful. The music either makes you feel good or it makes you feel very, very grossed out and like I want to throw up. Yeah. This movie, it's just kind of placed in random spots to be a filler. I like to think, and that's why I think the movie's like way longer than it needs to be. They probably could have cut down on some of that stuff. Yeah. Um. But overall, yeah, seven point five. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, then I, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find anything? Uh, not yet. All right. Um. Yeah. Um, let I'll me have look. To do some research later. I always forget what the fuck we're doing. The next week, so give me one second. Um, I want to say I think this one was starting to hit a lot of our Stephen King movies because oh, I yeah. wanted We're doing to do pet that. Cemetery next week, I think. It is the Pet Cemetery, so the original, not the remake. You know, we might touch on it a little bit. Well, there will be comparisons. Yeah, we'll definitely because we want to go see that together, right? Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So wow, we have a lot. Of Stephen King movies, <laughs> so we have Pet Cemetery next week. Then we're doing um, it. Um, I think I was planning on maybe doing the movie, but I have right here written down that maybe we'll throw in some miniseries stuff and also maybe touch on Chapter Two. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna think mainly focus on the first, you know, movie yeah. that came out in 2018. And then we have our special guest um, episode with Salem's Lot with the podcast in the woods with Boomer, which is good. Then we got Misery and then Firestarter. Um, and that's pretty much the end of the road for the Stephen King stretch. <laughs> so a lot of Stephen King shit. And no, it's good because I love Stephen King. There's obviously plenty more that we can do. Yeah. Uh, this was, I think, a good way to kind of start off doing The Shining because it's a movie that everybody at least knows of um yeah um don't think there's anything else I have to add um to this Aaron what about you no I don't think so no, I think we just spoke covered everything I mean there's a lot more we could get into but that would be yeah <laughs> and a three hour long episode I'm sure yeah I mean a lot of episodes have been like almost like three hours you know yeah um, but yeah go go watch this movie um let us know what you guys think of it um, are you excited for the upcoming Stephen King movies they have going? Do you wish we did different ones? Um, I really want people to start, you know, Give us feedback, giving us more feedback, and let us know what you guys want to want us to talk about and uh, what we should review. Because uh, there's movies I do want to review. It's just I don't know if it's the right time for it. Um, this year has been a lot of heavy hitters, and it's going great so far um but guest wise um download wise and mm-hmm. just everything that we have like this year is literally stacked with so many good movies and i'm excited um and i think next year we should probably go more obscure weird shit yeah um so just uh, stay tuned guys and i think that's about it so this was the Baron's Head Up Podcast. Doing the shining. <laughs> I was your host, Dustin. And I was your co-host, Aaron. Thank you guys so much for, you know, tuning in every single week and uh, listening to us ramble and also hearing my voice be blown at the end of every fucking episode <laughs> lately. Don't know why that's happening, but um, it's all good because it's fun as fuck. Oh, yeah. So thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.